As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody, it's Thursday. This is the Big Football Show, the athletics podcast goes around the Big Ten with beat writers from uh, the athletics group of college football writers. I am Austin Meek. I cover Michigan football. I'm joined, as always, by Colton Pouncey, who covers Michigan State. We are heading into week two of the Big Ten season, including the big showdown between Michigan and Michigan State, uh, two teams that are feeling completely different this week after what happened in week one. Michigan is feeling great after that impressive performance against Minnesota and the debut of Joe Milton. Michigan State not feeling so good after that season opening loss to Rutgers in Mel Tucker's debut. Colton, uh, the most important question of the day, how is Michigan State Twitter handling that loss? You know, that's a great question. Uh, so, so I'm doing okay as a beat writer, but I'm just, I'm not sure how they are. <laughs> it's been, it's been pretty rough. You know, um, you know, you go into that season opener. I think if you go back to when the Big Ten released this updated schedule, um, and you look at how the season began for Michigan State, you get a game versus Rutgers to kind of break in Mel Tucker. And obviously, when you think about everything that happened this offseason, especially for a school like Michigan State, you know, Mel Tucker came in February, didn't hire staff until March. You know, couldn't bring in prospects for spring football, did not have that session to get the guys going. Things were shut down in August. So we didn't really know what to expect from his team. But when you saw the schedule come out, it was like, okay, Rutgers is on the schedule up first. That's sort of like, you know, a break-in game like you would normally have with the season. Um, So I think people were feeling good going into that one. But that's an absolute stunner. You know, you lose 38-27 to at home against Rutgers with a new coach as well, a new staff they're kind of in a similar situation as Michigan State. No one expected that. So I think fans are kind of losing their minds a little bit. Um, you know, I know it's one game, but I think that's a game where you expect it to win. That was one of the few gimmies on the schedule. And so with all that in mind, uh, things aren't great out here, Austin, i got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, I think Michigan State fans probably had pretty realistic expectations for this first season, given everything that transpired. 
But when you looked at that schedule, there if there was one game that you thought was a guaranteed win, yeah. it was Rutgers at home, and you lose that game, and now it's like, whoo, man, not not a lot of wins left on that schedule. I guess if you want to if you want to be optimistic about it from the Michigan State perspective, you could say, okay, seven turnovers, that's completely fluky. Uh, that's not going to happen again. You would hope, right? Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe it's just one of those games. You know, everything broke wrong for for Michigan State. Everything broke right for Rutgers. I mean, do you feel like Colton? There's maybe a little bit of hope to be salvaged that Michigan State got that game out of their system, and there's something you know, there's something more there for Michigan State that we didn't see in that first game. Yeah, you know, when you when you look at the game, and and you mentioned this, like it was it was fluky in a lot of ways. Um, you know, that was seven turnovers. That was, I believe, that hasn't happened at Michigan State since 1981. So it's been a minute, right? Um, and some of those turnovers are just unforced errors. Um, they happen deep in Michigan State's own territory. So Rutgers got the ball in scoring position and, and capitalized on that. Um, when you look at the 38 points allowed, you know, I think 21 of those were off those turnovers. And, you know, Michigan State's defense only gave up 275 yards. And when you look at 38 points and 275, 276 yards allowed, that combo has only happened 14 times in the last decade. So it's very rare for that to happen. And I think it was just a combination of everything going wrong. And if you're looking forward, if you're looking for a glimpse glimpse of hope, you know, that's not going to happen every game. But the caveat with that is you're not, you're not going to play Rutgers every game, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so the competition is going to get tougher. You know, Rutgers is still rebuilding. Greg shiano has got them off to a good start, but – you know, when you look at the teams coming up, you got Michigan, you got Iowa, an Indiana team that looks good and beat Penn State. Um, so when you look at that, those athletes are going to get better. Competition is going to get faster, bigger, stronger, all that stuff. So you won't have the sort of uh, margin for error that you had at Rutgers. You know, Michigan State was still in that game somewhat heading into the fourth quarter. Um, and then things kind of fell apart from there. But a good team is going to put you away much earlier than Rutgers. So that's sort of the caveat. You know, things can improve. Rocky Lombardi looked decent in that game. Um, you got some playmakers at wide receiver. Jaden Reed took a, a screen pass about 50 yards uh, for a touchdown. Some showed some really electric plays um, in that game. But again, like the competition is going to increase. It's only going to get harder from here. So I think Michigan State fans are sort of preparing themselves for what's to come. It, it, it could be a rough season. Um, it's still early, but I guess we'll see. As I mentioned at the top, it's just a completely different mindset when you look at Michigan and Michigan fans after that opening game against Minnesota, and Michigan fans are on cloud nine. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the first glimpse of, of Joe Milton, and, and Joe Milton looked really impressive. Uh, the, the defense with Quiddy Pay looked pretty solid. I mean, this is, you know, Michigan fans, I think, were, you know, maybe withholding you know, a little bit because they've had their, you know, they've had their heart broken so many times of getting their hopes up about Michigan teams mm-hmm. that don't quite, come through the, the way they want it to. And, you know, I think that first game you know, really allowed Michigan fans to to jump on board with this team. You know, Michigan fans are, uh, is, I think, excited about this team as they've been at any point since I've been here, certainly in the, you know, the couple years that I've been here. Yep. And I think the mantra really for, for both teams and both programs now is, okay, it was, it was just one week. Uh, it looked pretty bad for Michigan State. Looked pretty good for Michigan, but 
it is one week, and we know that this is going to be a crazy, unpredictable season in the Big Ten. Think things are changing, you know, by by the minute. Uh, so you can't get too caught up in what we saw in the first game. Colton, have you seen the point spread on this game? Uh, I think I've seen it move a couple times. Uh, what is it? What is that now? Twenty four. So twenty four points, uh, yep. which seems like a lot. It you does. know, I'm curious if you took week one out of the equation. I'm guessing the point spread for this game might have been like a couple touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, on paper, if, if you can block out what you saw in the first week, you know, I think you could say maybe the gap between these teams isn't as huge as it's being perceived right now. Mm-hmm. But then I also think about, you know, last year, Michigan won this game, what, 44 to 10? Yeah. Uh, and I think Michigan is probably based on what we've seen, probably better than they were a year ago. And Michigan State's probably not as good. I don't know, Colton, what do you think about that 24-point spread in this game? Um, It it is tough, and I agree with what you said. If you take week one out of the equation, I think it would probably be a two-touchdown spread, something like that. Um, It's just it's hard to take week one out of the equation, you know, (laughs) when you look at that Rutgers game. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, you know, you got throughout the record. Whenever these two teams play, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And I get that. And I, I, I want to preface by saying I completely understand that in cases backfires. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, this is not looking good. Um, just looking at where these two teams are, you know, Michigan, people weren't really sure what to expect from Joe Milton, from this team going into that Minnesota game on the road. You know, that's an 11-1 team that was coming back, that Minnesota squad. And they handled them pretty easily. So I think that game gave them a lot of confidence. They're feeling good. And just on the opposite end of the spectrum, you see Michigan State and where even they had the most modive expectations going into this year, understanding that's going to be a rebuild. This is going to take time. Mel Tucker's got to get his guys in here, got to work some systems and, and get those in place. Even with all that, um, that game kind of warped and tanked whatever expectations people had. Um, so now I, it just seems like these two teams are on two different wavelengths going to this game. And... If that's what you're looking at, it, it probably won't be won't be pretty. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I've been trying to talk myself into something to think that Michigan State can be competitive in this game. And I think the only thing I've come up with is if I'm Mel Tucker and I'm looking at this first season, uh, the day that the Big Ten announces that they're going to play, if I'm Mel Tucker, I would probably be looking at this and saying, if there's one game on the schedule that I really need to have my team prepared for, it's the Michigan game. And if we've got any, you know, if we've got any surprises, if we've got anything we've been keeping under wraps, 
this is the week that we want to put it on the table because if Michigan State does nothing else this year, if they're competitive with Michigan, that'll that'll go a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Colton, I don't know if you if you had any sense for this in the first game. You know, Michigan State's not really in a position where they can be holding anything back against anyone, uh, even Rutgers. But did you get any sense that Michigan State maybe was, um, you know, easing into things at all with Rutgers? Like, was there a sense of maybe like, let's, you know, let's keep it simple in this first game and then maybe try to build towards something more against Michigan? Or did, or did you get the sense that they basically went out there and, and gave Rutgers everything they had? You know, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, there were some some decisions in that game, which I wasn't so sure about. You know, Elijah Collins is your your lead back from last season. You know, he had close to 1,000 yards, um, really emerged as a number one running back last year when they needed a guy, and he didn't get the, he didn't get the start. Um, he didn't get his first carry of this game until – I believe the third series for Michigan State offensively um, did not look like himself. And, you know, we asked Mel Tucker after the game what was going on with Elijah Collins. And he sort of mentioned, you know, other guys were better than him in practice. You know, we have an active competition here. We want guys to sort of prove themselves before we put them in those situations. So I think you had some other similar situations with some players. You know, you have a guy like Julian Barnett, who's a four star prospect. And um, I think a lot of people expected him to take over one of those starting cornerback jobs. And, you know, Mel said that he wanted to see more from him. Um, you know, there was a video from him in practice a couple of weeks ago where Mel saying, look, man, you got some talent, but you need hustle as well. The great players, they're talented and they hustle every snap. And we need to see both from you. So I wonder if he's sort of using that first game to send a message to a few guys that maybe weren't living up to expectations in practice. Um so I think if you look at it from that perspective, maybe they were holding some things back. Um, maybe they thought that they could do some of that, send those messages, and still be a Rutgers squad mm-hmm. that was coming off of a really poor season last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, and I think now it's like, I think we'll see what they can do against Michigan. Um, I don't think they'll hold anything back in that game. That's a game that they need to win uh, to sort of right the ship here. If they don't, you're looking at a potential snowball season with Iowa on the road the following week and Indiana and some other teams you know, Penn State and Ohio State late in the season. So things could get out of hand if they don't kind of right the ship the next couple of weeks here. So I don't think we'll see them hold anything back going forward if that was the case. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Maybe not that they were holding anything back, but, you know, Mel Tucker, he still is figuring out this team and learning right. who he has on his team and who who are the guys that he can count on. And I'm sure that there were some things that he learned in that game that you just can't know until you see your team in the heat of the moment. Right. Uh, and so maybe they're, you know, I think, again, we're kind of trying to find some hope for Michigan <laughs> State going forward here, but maybe part of that is, you know, he's realized now, okay, we got to, there's certain guys on this team that we're going to have to roll with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, for any team, you got to figure out who your best players are and you got to put your best players in a position to succeed. And yeah, maybe there's a time for sending messages and, you know, especially for a first year coach, you know, trying to you know get the trust and the, and the confidence of the team and show the team that there's a way 
that we're going to operate around here and everybody's got to live up to the standard. Mm -hmm. And if you don't live up to that, then you're not going to be on the field or, or you're not going to be in a prominent role. But you know, great coaching is figuring out how to get your best players to also be the guys who play the hardest. Uh, and so I guess we'll see if that's something that Mel Tucker is able to accomplish with this team moving forward. Uh, as we look around the Big Ten, Colton, uh, the schedule for this week, a little different uh, than what was on paper a couple days ago. We've already had our first cancellation in the league. Wisconsin-Nebraska, one of the games that was set for Saturday, has been canceled. We've heard about the uh, the issues at Wisconsin with Graham Mertz being out after such an amazing debut. I mean, we watched Graham Mertz throw five touchdowns on that Friday night in the first game yep. of the Big Ten season. And we all thought, wow, this guy is electric. You know, Wisconsin has a quarterback uh, who you know can do some things that we haven't seen from a Wisconsin quarterback before. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he really was the buzz of, of the Big Ten there uh, for about 24 hours. And then I, I guess in a way still is for, for very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, Colton, where where does this uh, where does this leave us now? Because one of the conversations I wanted to get into is trying to figure out who is the second best team in the Big Ten, and I would have said a few days ago it was Wisconsin based on what we saw on that opening game, but it feels like now this throws everything into flux. You know, it really does, and I think first and foremost, you know, you you hope every, everyone's okay in that program. You know, six yeah, six players. Sure. You know, Paul, Chris. You know, five staffers. You know, that's. That's a big deal, and you and you certainly hope that they're okay moving forward. But yeah, you know, just for, just from a football perspective, um, I agree with you. You know, that first game was perfect for Wisconsin. You know, I know Illinois is not the greatest team, um, but at the same time, Wisconsin this 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 program has been known for running the ball, strong offensive line, and a game manager at quarterback for the most part. You know, he had a guy like Russell Wilson could do a little bit more things, but. You know, historically and in, in, in recent years, you know that's kind of been their their kind of system. But you get a guy like Graham Mertz, who a high four star guy, you know, their biggest recruit at quarterback, I believe, ever. You know, since you know twenty four seven and and these these uh, sites came along for recruiting. Um, that's that's massive, and he looked phenomenal in that first game. I think people were kind of wondering, okay, how would they play without Jack Cohn? He kind of eased all of those concerns right off the bat with five touchdowns in that game. He looked phenomenal, and you know, to have him out, you know, all these other guys, you're you're at a point where you're shutting down games. The schedule is already getting changed, and there's not a ton of flexibility. Um, you know, you wonder what that team's going to look like coming back from all this. And, you know, I agree. Like, Wisconsin looked like the second-best team in the Big Ten. Um, I think you can make a case for Michigan as well. But uh, this certainly changes kind of the landscape of, of the conference right now. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... Mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. 
Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Yeah, and as you said, obviously our, our thoughts with everybody uh, at Wisconsin and the Wisconsin program. Uh, we hope everybody uh, makes a makes a safe recovery, and you know, really the whole state of Wisconsin. Uh, they're getting hammered right now with with the COVID situation. So mm-hmm. uh, we certainly are, are thinking about them, and you know, this is kind of what kind of what we feared slash expected was going to be the case when the Big Ten decided to go forward with the football season mm-hmm. as COVID-19 cases were rising around the the footprint of the league. I mean, it just, you know, you you really had to be uh really had to be working on some blind optimism, I think, to to believe that the Big 10 was going to get through this season without having something like this happen. Yeah. Uh and and now it's here and you know, it is going to change the the complexion of of the league moving forward and uh, unfortunately when you look at the trend lines, we probably need to be prepared for, for more of this to happen. Of course, we hope that it doesn't. Uh, again, we hope that everybody's okay, but it's it's going to be a something that is with us throughout this, this Big Ten season for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at the rest of the schedule for this weekend, the marquee game, the primetime game, Ohio State, Penn State, a game that would have been the whiteout scene at Penn State, which I saw last year for the first time, which is crazy. Obviously, it's not going to be that. Right. Penn State uh, definitely has some questions coming off of their first game, the loss to uh, the loss to Indiana. The running back situation at Penn State went from being really deep a year ago to really thin right now. They've got some questions at receiver. Uh, do you think Penn State can hang with Ohio State, Colton, or is is this a game where Ohio State rolls? You know. Uh... I don't know. It's tough to say. You know, I think if, if Penn State had won last week's game, and I know there that was a questionable finish there, yeah. um, I think there'd be more buzz and more hype for Penn State going in this one. But uh, honestly, like, Ohio State is Ohio State. You know, Justin Fields looks phenomenal. Um, you know, he looks like he's taking another leap, which is just scary for the rest of the conference. Um, you know, that team is really complete uh, on both sides of the ball. Like, they're really coming along. Um, they look like a team that wanted to play this year because they knew that they could make a run. And, um, you know, looking at this game, you can make a case that Penn State's got some talent. You know, they've kept things competitive in recent years against Ohio State. But, again, I just think it's Ohio State at the top and then everyone else in their own tier, multiple tiers below them. So it, it, it could be competitive. You know, you never want to say never. But I just think where these two teams are right now, it's got to be Ohio State until further notice. Yeah, I would have said, you know, I probably would have had Penn State as the number two team in the Big Ten yep. coming into the season. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I'd have them there now right. for sure. Uh, and you know, there's a bunch of teams that you, know, you can make an argument for. You know, heck, you can make an argument for for Indiana. I know statistically, when you look at that game. Penn State probably should have won that game. If, yeah. you know, if they don't score a touchdown, if they uh, take a knee or fall down at the one-yard line, uh, Penn State probably wins that game. And maybe we're talking about Penn State a little bit differently today. But I, I think both you and I really like that Indiana team with Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think 
not to you know, not to come across as a homer today, but I think <laughs> if I had to if I had to say right now, I'd probably put Michigan as the number two team in the Big Ten because of Joe Milton. Yep. You know, Joe was so impressive in that game with all the things he did with his arm and his legs and his command of the offense. And, you know, the, the question at Michigan has always been, what could Jim Harbaugh's program be if they had a real game changer at quarterback? Uh, maybe a little bit too soon to say that based on one start from Joe Milton, given the fact that Minnesota was shorthanded. But, Man, it's hard not to be excited about this guy and and feel like we're watching one of the future stars in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, you certainly want to see more from Joe Milton. I think I think everyone would say that. But we're going off what we saw in in week one. That's all we have right now. That's that's our only evaluation tool for for the Big Ten. And Joe Milton looked really good. And that was against a, a Minnesota team that again was coming off a great season. You know, they got a lot of talent back on that on that team. So I I think when you look at that. You look at where Penn State is, um, some of these other teams in the Big Ten, Wisconsin has their own issues now. I, to me, Michigan is a clear number two until they prove otherwise. You know, We'll see what happens this weekend. Um, I'm not really expecting a, an upset, but again, we'll just put that out there. You never know what can happen in this, this rivalry. But uh, yeah, Michigan looks pretty good right now. And again, I think there's sort of a gap between Ohio State and everyone else. But if you're trying to look for a number two team to emerge on this conference right now, that would be your, your Michigan Wolverines. So it's interesting. Yeah. And Michigan's schedule moving forward, they have Michigan State this weekend. They go to Indiana. Uh, and then they get they get uh, Wisconsin at home on November 14th, which was a game in the preseason. You circled it and said, wow, that, you know, that's going to be a game that could, you know, determine if Michigan is, is for real. And it still could be, but again, as we talk about just all the uncertainty in the league right now and, and the situation at Wisconsin, you just don't know. You, know, yeah. you, you don't know how long it's going to be before you know, Wisconsin's program is able to be close to what we saw in, in that season opener, with, especially with the Big Ten's 21-day protocol for players who test positive. Uh, you, you have to do the math there on Graham Mertz to know. I mean, it, it's coming right down to the wire in yeah. terms of that Michigan game. So, you know, it could be Wisconsin at close to full strength. It could be, you know, a shell of a, of a team by that point. And it's just, you know, that th- those are the realities that we're going to be talking about this season. So, you know, when you look at Michigan's first month of the season, all of a sudden, I mean, that Indiana game looks huge. I think Indiana has records this weekend. Yeah. So potentially two two and O teams. If if Michigan can handle business against Michigan State, that'll be a big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll see what happens with Wisconsin. So you know, this first month of the season, initially it looked really daunting for Michigan, and there's still some challenges in there for sure. Uh, you know, especially with Indiana. But if we peek ahead a little bit, you know, four and O Michigan. Wouldn't wouldn't be out of the question for sure, but but you got to take care of your business starting Saturday against Michigan State. Absolutely, uh, Austin. I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about Indiana, just because they're they're such a fun team. I don't know how you can root yeah. against them for anything. Also, shout out to our, our one of the pod sponsors, Homefield. You know they do some great <laughs> some great work with their with their t shirts and their their gear and everything. Huge Indiana fans over there. They had a Michael Penix shirt ready to go, like right away from that game. Um, 
And, I, you know, that's just a fun team to root for. And, again, like we're big Michael Penix fans. You know, he didn't have his best game, but I think he showed, you know, some moxie and, you know, just what he brings to the table in that game. Um, Andy Staples had a really good feature yeah. on him this week, so you guys should check that out. But this Indiana team, it's, it's funny because they were sort of a meme last year, you know, nine Indiana, but they're really sort of coming on. And I know it's one week. Um, I know that game against Penn State was, you know, kind of questionable, but I'm excited to see what they do going forward. I think that's a really fun team to watch and a team to keep an eye on for sure. If you're an Indiana fan listening to this podcast, you've uh, experienced your share of disappointment as well. So I, you know what? I tell the Indiana fans the same thing I tell the Michigan fans is when it comes, you got to enjoy it, yeah. you know, ride the wave. Uh, sure. You never, you, know, you never know how things are going to turn out. Uh, but right now, Probably the two fan bases in the Big Ten that are are feeling the best today, Indiana fans and Michigan fans. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see where things go from here. Uh, well, Colton, you mentioned uh, Andy Staples' story on Michael Penix Jr. Check that out, everybody, if, if you haven't read that. Check out, Colton's got a story up about uh, looking back on the five-year anniversary of the trouble with the snap game. <laughs> uh, Michigan fans may not want to relive that. Michigan State fans... Hey, they need a reason to smile this week. So That's all I got. Uh, check that out. And, uh, yeah, check out all the uh, coverage at The Athletic of the Michigan-Michigan State game and everything else going on this weekend in the Big Ten. Uh, it should be uh, another interesting weekend. And Colton and I will be back next week to look ahead to week three and talk about everything that's going on in the league. So thank you for checking out the Big Football Show. Uh, give us a, a rating and a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Check out The Beat as well, which is the show that Colton and I do with Nick Baumgartner and, and Brendan Quinn. If you if you can't get enough of that Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, <laughs> we'll have more there as well. So, All right, everybody, thank you for checking out the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.